0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Every gun that is made, every warship that is launched, every rocket that is fired signifies in the final sense, a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, from those who are cold and are not clothed. This world in arms is not spending money alone. It is spending the sweat of its laborers, the genius of its scientists, the hopes of its children. This is not a way of life at all in any true sense. Under the cloud of threatening war, it is humanity hanging from a cross of iron." A timeless nugget of wisdom from Dwight D. Eisenhower. And there is this. When fascism comes to America, it will be wrapped in the flag and carrying a cross. That's from Sinclair Lewis. Recently, a CNN commentator labeled America as, quote, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Is that actually the case? Really? I'm simply asking the question. You can fill in the blank. And while doing so, consider that the American military juggernaut has some 800 foreign bases all over the world. This isn't about democracy. It's about empire. It's about resources for the empire. Are other nations and their militaries benign and benevolent? Of course not. But for the record, all global powers are colluding and cooperating on core issues. Climate intervention operations and CV-19 are key. It cannot be otherwise. The Pearl Harbor anniversary has again come and gone. How many new Pearl Harbors have we had since? Most of which the public are completely unaware of. As official narratives are increasingly questioned, and ecological implosion unfolds by the day, controller desperation will accelerate exponentially. Indeed, it already is at warp speed. Biosphere collapse continues to accelerate by the day. This factor is the bottom line that's fueling the rest. The CB-19 fires continue to expand. Supply chains are rapidly breaking down. The road that lies ahead should be shockingly clear to all that don't have their eyes wide shut. What happens the moment populations realize the party's over? That there's no longer enough to go around? That total collapse is not only imminent, but already unfolding. The law of the jungle will erupt with blinding speed. Here's a headline to consider from last week. Researchers build a black box to record Earth's demise. That doesn't sound too good, does it? Stay tuned. If you're willing to face breaking bad news, head on. You're in the right place. This is Dane Wiginton. You're listening to the non-political, commercial-free, weekly installment of Global Alert News. This is installment number 331, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. The Global Alert News Hour is now on the air with AM and FM stations in Northern California, also in Sacramento, San Francisco, San Diego, And other AM and FM stations now airing this broadcast are located in Oregon, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Ohio, Colorado, New York, and Florida. My deepest thanks to those who have helped geoengineeringwatch.org to expand our voice to so many major locations. So, how bad is it? Few are yet willing to honestly face the wider horizon, but if more step up and sound the alarm, who knows what good we may yet accomplish even at this late hour. Before diving into the dark waters of breaking frontline reports, this question that I hear all too often needs to be addressed. I just don't know who to believe, quote unquote. Here's the answer. Believe no one. Each of us, all of us, have a responsibility to carry out an honest investigation of the converging catastrophes that are closing in by the day. This is much easier said than done. It takes great strength strength and courage to abandon all biases, preconceptions, and programming. But it can, it must be done. And once all the facts are examined from independent sources, it is our responsibility to fully exercise our sense of logic and reason gifts that were given to each of us for a reason so that we can make up our own minds. Then and only then can we have any chance of continuing on our individual journey with the correct compass heading. So for some headlines, starting with this from American Frontline Doctors.org Vaccine Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, VAIDS, V A I D S, we should anticipate, they say, seeing this immune erosion more widely. In quote from the American Frontline org, The report states this If immune erosion occurs after two doses of the CV19 vaccination and just a few months, how can we exclude? The doctors cite the possibility that the effects of an untested, quote, booster will not erode more rapidly and to a greater extent, end quote. The article further states a Lancet study... Comparing vaccinated and unvaccinated people in Sweden was conducted among 1.6 million individuals over nine months. It showed that a protection against symptomatic COVID-19 declined with time, such that by six months, some of the more vulnerable vaccinated groups were at greater risk than their unvaccinated peers. Doctors are now labeling this phenomenon in the repeatedly vaccinated, quote, immune erosion or acquired immune deficiency, accounting for elevated incidence of myocarditis and other post-vaccine illnesses that either affect them more rapidly, resulting in death, or more slowly, resulting in chronic illness. The report then states, COVID vaccines are not traditional vaccines. Rather, they cause cells to reproduce one portion of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the spike protein. The vaccines thus induce the body to create spike proteins. A person only creates antibodies against this one limited portion, the spike protein, of the virus. This has several downstream deleterious effects. First, these vaccines mistrain the immune system to recognize only a small part of the virus, the spike protein, variants that differ even slightly in this protein are able to escape the narrow spectrum of antibodies created by the vaccines. Second, the vaccines create, quote, vaccine addicts, end quote, meaning persons become dependent upon regular booster shots because they have been, quote, vaccinated only against a tiny portion of a mutating virus. Australian Health Minister Dr. Kerry Chant has stated that COVID will be with us forever and people will, quote, have to get used to Taking endless vaccines. This will be a regular cycle of vaccination and revaccination, in quote, again from the Australian Health Minister. Third, the vaccines do not prevent infection in the nose and upper airways, and vaccinated individuals have been shown to have a much higher viral load in these regions. This leads to the vaccinated becoming, quote, super spreaders as they carry extremely high viral loads. The report from American Frontline Doctors then states this. In addition, the vaccinated become more clinically ill than the unvaccinated. Scotland reported that the infection fatality rate in the vaccinated is 3.3 times higher than the unvaccinated. And the risk of death, if hospitalized, is 2.15 times the unvaccinated. That doesn't sound too good. How many mainstream sources are covering this type of data? Meanwhile, The New England Journal of Medicine researchers have found that autoimmune response to the coronavirus spike protein may last indefinitely, i.e. natural immunity may last forever. Increasingly questionable claims of vaccine immunity are temporary at best and, as ongoing medical studies are now proving, come with a long and ever-increasing list of potentially dire consequences. On that note, this new headline from last week from Newstarget.com, Vietnam province halts Pfizer COVID vaccine after 120 students hospitalized following vaccine injections. From that report, a province of Vietnam has suspended all use of the coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer after a single batch caused more than 120 students to have to get hospitalized for injuries. But then, paradoxically, the report states this. Vietnam is still planning to inject children with, quote, other batches of the Pfizer vaccine. Playing Russian roulette, it would seem. And then there is this even more shocking statement from the report. The suspended batch, meanwhile, they say, has reportedly been put into a freezer and could be used later for other groups, like adults, officials admitted. The same batch that damaged 120 students... They are keeping and planning to possibly use on adults. What an asylum we live in. Moving on from the Daily Telegraph in New Zealand. This Pfizer document concedes that there is a large increase in types of adverse event reactions to its vaccine. The report states this, documents released by Pfizer, apparently as a result of a Freedom of Information court order in the USA, reveal a vast array of previously unknown vaccine adverse effects compiled from official sources around the world. Pfizer concedes this is a, quote, large increase in adverse event reports and that even this huge volume is underreported. Next from the report, this, over 100 plus diseases are listed. Many are very serious. This document was compiled by Pfizer in the very early days of the vaccine rollout. Question, why was nobody told? That question's not hard to answer, is it? The report from the New Zealand Daily Telegraph continues with this. Following the publication of the new Pfizer document, many more are expected to be connected with vaccination. Any more adverse reaction incidents. Reports describe symptoms such as chest pain, brain fog, extreme fatigue, neurological symptoms, tachycardia, stroke, heart attacks, and much, much more. Collected data suggests that as many as two-thirds of adverse event inquiries made to medical staff by vaccine recipients have not been reported to the vaccine reporting system in New Zealand. Recent estimates indicate that only 5% of adverse events are reported. As a result, the New Zealand public is completely unaware of the extent of reported possible risks of vaccination. Again, this report is from a publication in New Zealand. Why would we think it's any different in any other country? Answer: It's not. Anyone reading the new Pfizer adverse event report compilation would be staggered. The sheer density of the technical medical terms and disease names are nevertheless broken down into recognizable and serious categories of illness, kidney failure, stroke, cardiac events, pregnancy complications, inflammation, neurological disease, autoimmune failure, paralysis, liver failure, blood disorders, skin disease, musculoskeletal problems, arthritis, respiratory disease, DVT, blood clots, vascular disease, hemorrhage, loss of sight, Bell's palsy, epilepsy, and more. While even the official MedSafe record of adverse events and the unofficial lists show that the immediate risks of COVID vaccination could be as much as 50 to 300 times greater than even the most risky of previous traditional vaccines, such as the smallpox injection, and while the long-term effects are still unknown. On top of all that, how did this happen without anyone's knowledge, the report asks. They state, even though the Pfizer vaccine had undergone very short trials and had provisional approval only, Medsafe did not update its adverse event reporting system to make it mandatory rather than voluntary. Medsafe did not advise general practitioners and hospital staff to be on high alert for adverse events and report them rapidly and in detail. The government ignored the unprecedented numbers of adverse events being reported to Medsafe and circulating in the community and on social media. The government instituted a public relations promotion and media campaign advising the public that the Pfizer COVID-19 mRNA vaccine was, quote, completely safe and free of serious side effects, In quote, giving the impression that there were no side effects, not even the known serious effects of heart inflammation that Pfizer had already admitted to. The New Zealand government did this in spite of knowing that Pfizer vaccines were neither fully tested, safe, nor particularly effective, Judges hand down decisions in courts supporting the government mandates, unaware of crucial mRNA vaccine safety data, all because Pfizer had withheld this information and the government had not done its due diligence. The entire scenario I just outlined is being played out in the majority of countries around the world. Just an accident or a coordinated effort? You decide. But for the record... Anyone who still believes that blindly rolling up their sleeve and doing what they're told will somehow return them to their pre cb 19 paradigm needs to seriously reconsider their perspective of reality. Let's consider this breaking headline last week from the UK Evening Standard. "Quote: Explosion in new heart conditions explained as... Post-pandemic stress disorder. Here's an excerpt from the report. Up to 300,000 people facing heart-related illnesses due to post-pandemic stress disorder warn physicians. Really? 300,000? And it's just stress? Question, if all these individuals had not been vaccinated, doesn't it seem that this would be the first thing a mainstream media source like the UK Evening Standard would have declared? But not so much as a mention. So, should we ask, were these 300,000 individuals vaccinated? Should we ask if that was a factor in this equation? Or are we now no longer allowed to ask such questions? From newsbreak.com this no jab no food new brunswick grocery stores can now ban unvaccinated shoppers from that report a new provision gives grocery stores malls and salons the option of either enforcing physical distancing rules or requiring proof of vaccination to enter their establishments this provision was just put in place in new brunswick New Brunswick has become the first Canadian province to allow grocers to ban unvaccinated food shoppers coming to a town or city near you soon. Power structures are increasingly desperate to achieve total control on a dying planet. It's imperative to remember and consider global ecological collapse scenarios are the bottom line factor that's fueling the rising sea of insanity that we're all drowning in. Next headline, New York will require full vaccination to access restaurants, gyms, and entertainment. Five-year-olds need at least one shot. And this related headline from last week, Oregon health officials drafting a more, quote, permanent mask rule. So much for the power structure promise of everything going back to, quote, normal If we just do what we're told. From the Washington Post, this, 4.2 million American workers quit their jobs in October. They say in search for better opportunities. And now let's add this. From too many major sources to list, Senate rejects Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. Are the last two headlines connected? You decide. And again, it's imperative to ponder this question. How much will any of it matter on a planet that no longer supports life? And again, this reminder, power structures all over the world are acutely aware of the fact that they can no longer sustain their populations. They can no longer sustain the current paradigm. What would we, what should we expect them to do? Think about it. From multiple sources, Fauci states, definition of, quote, fully vaccinated will be changed. Moving the bar again. Again. The report states the definition of fully vaccinated in the United States will be changed, Dr. Fauci said last Wednesday. It's going to be a matter of when, Fauci said, not if. Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said all of this during an appearance on CNN. But Fauci and his big farmer friends are just trying to look after us, right? If there was anything nefarious going on, certainly there would be whistleblowers, wouldn't there? Perhaps not. Last week, from multiple sources, this, Pfizer and Big Pharma ramp up lobbying to sink law aimed at protecting whistleblowers. From that report, Pfizer and other pharmaceutical industry players are stepping up lobbying efforts in hope of defeating the False Claims Amendments Act of 2021, a bill that would strengthen protection for whistleblowers. The False Claims Act, which dates back to the Civil War, rewards whistleblowers who file anti-fraud lawsuits against contractors on behalf of the government. The law originally enacted in response to defense contractor fraud during the Civil War has to date returned 67 billion to the US government. Merck, AstraZeneca, Amgen and Genentech also oppose the proposed legislation according to multiple sources. Other groups opposing the legislation include the American Hospital Association, the US Chamber of Commerce, the Federation of American Hospitals, the National Association of Manufacturers, the Healthcare Leadership Council, the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, and the American Bankers Association, again, all opposing this law to protect whistleblowers. The National Whistleblower Center, the Project on Government Oversight and the Government Accountability Project, and Taxpayers Against Fraud, supported the amendment to protect whistleblowers. So many times, I've heard from so many individuals This baseless excuse for willful denial, that if so much nefarious activity was occurring, there would be legions of whistleblowers lining up to tell their stories. We should ask Julian Assange how it went for him, or John Caracu, the courageous whistleblower that exposed the tyrannical U.S. illegal torture programs. Who was the only one to be jailed in that case? The whistleblower, John Caracu. Do the blind, flag-waving, self-proclaimed patriots care about any of this? If so, where are they? In the 20 years plus that I've battled to expose the ongoing climate engineering insanity in our skies, I've been left in the ditch by so many self-proclaimed patriots that I could never begin to recall them all. I'll continue to hope that they find their courage and return to the front line of the battle, though I'm not holding my breath. This being said, I'll remain at my post. No matter what comes, let's switch gears to the bottom line of biosphere collapse in arguably the biggest toll in the bottom of the boat, i.e. sinking planet Earth, being further fueled by climate intervention operations from news.un.org, i.e. the United Nations land and water ecosystems, quote, stressed to a critical point. That headlines not true. We are far past the breaking points. This report states, entitled, State of the World's Land and Water Resources for Food and Agriculture. Conclusion, systems at breaking points. The report highlights the challenges that lie ahead in feeding a global population that should near 10 billion by 2050, they say. Never going to happen. We will be lucky if any of us are here by the end of this decade, based on current mathematical and statistical trajectories how can this reality be so incredibly invisible to so many that that so blindly accept whatever they're told in this this type of completely false conclusion from the united nations not surprisingly is if we're all going to be going to disneyland by 2050 we're not going to have a habitable planet by the end of this decade on the current trajectory it's not my opinion again it's a statistical mathematical fact ozone layer collapsing we've lost 70 percent of Earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years we're down 80 to 90 percent on global insect populations terrestrial and aquatic we've lost about 90 percent of global pelagic fish populations i.e the fish food salmon populations collapsing all over the globe we've lost 98 percent of the bluefin tuna populations i could go on and on and on it's a cascading collapse and it's accelerating by the day it is not a linear equation we will not be here much longer on the current course and if you don't believe that you will soon wait and see next headline is Mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast from newsbreak.com. Researchers build a, quote, black box for Earth to record its eventual demise. In fact, its near-term demise on the current course. The report states, researchers are building what they say is an indestructible black box. The purpose of the box is to record events leading to Earth's eventual demise for future generations to reference. The location of the black box remains a secret. Wow. I don't really know where to start on that. What a glaring red flag regarding the insanity of so-called academia. Researchers and scientists building a black box to record Earth's demise for future generations to reference. Given their own conclusion, which is statistically correct, even in the near term, this decade, in fact, what future generations would that be exactly? Answer. There won't be any short of a complete course correction by the human race. Again, for the record, the single most environmentally destructive human activity of all, climate intervention operations. Let's rewind to this 2017 report from sciencealert.com. that states it's official. There are now 12 new cloud types to fall in love with, they say. The report states it's not every day that the world officially recognizes a new species of cloud, or in this case, 12 new, never-before-seen cloud types. The World Meteorological Day and the UN's official weather body observed the Occasion by recognizing 12 new types of cloud and cloud features, including asperitis, the wave-like cloud structure that makes it look like the world is underwater, as if the sky were the surface of the ocean. Final statement in the ScienceAlert.com report. Quote, it's a great day if you love gazing at the sky and there are plenty of new clouds. How many times, for those who know climate engineering is ongoing, for those who have eyes to see this elephant in the sky... How many times have you had someone walk up and say, what a lovely day it is when the sky's a full-blown grid pattern? And I simply can't respond positively to that kind of question. I reply with, no, it's not a lovely day to live under a toxic canopy of filth that's all settling down to the surface where all of us have to breathe it and absorb it. It's killing everything. I can't go along with that kind of willfully blind hypocrisy, pretending it's a, quote, lovely day, when we are existing under skies filled with toxic jet-sprayed filth that's part of the climate engineering onslaught. And as if the filth wasn't enough, it's all too common to see the herringbone patterns in the electrically conductive particulates that are being spewed from geoengineering jet aircraft. And these Herringbone patterns are the hallmark signature of the radio frequency microwave transmissions that are used to manipulate these particulates in the atmosphere. And we're swimming in all of this. It's killing us. It's killing the web of life. It's dying at a rate that is geologically unprecedented in Earth's entire existence. The current rate of mass extinction is at minimum thousands of times greater than any past paleo event. In fact, the current rate of extinction is 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of normal. And people are worried about their next iPhone or the next new car with no payments, no interest. And if they have their prayers answered, the price of gas will drop so they can drive to their heart's content. Is that what we're worried about on a planet that's dying by the day? Does that make any rational sense? If there was any intelligent being out there, It would make sense that there might be, right? It's a massive universe. It's incomprehensibly huge. Why would they bother saving a species that's so self-destructive as the human race? The majority. And there are exceptions, and those exceptions know who they are, and I'm certainly not speaking to those exceptions. But the majority are either actively or passively supporting the insanity. Why? Back to this article on on the new cloud types, lest I leave this point behind. Climate engineering is wreaking havoc on the Earth's climate system and has been responsible for the formation of many new phenomenons in our sky. And the so-called science community, the so-called climate science community, names these phenomenon as if it's somehow natural, while pretending climate engineering isn't occurring. That it's just some sort of proposal that's exactly like what we see with exactly the elements that are showing up in our lab tests all over the globe, with exactly the consequences that we are told will happen if they deploy climate engineering, i.e. ozone layer collapse, i.e. total disruption of the hydrological cycle, creating extreme drought deluge scenarios and weather whiplash scenarios, all of which is happening. But we're told that that's just a proposal that could, may, might happen someday if things get bad enough. And the population buys this. Moving on from AccuWeather.com. Unusual December warm-up ahead for a huge part of the U.S., the report states. Autumn weather so far has led to whiplash. Wherever I heard that term. For millions of Americans who live across the central and eastern United States, speaking of weather whiplash, of course, it's no wonder, AccuWeather says, forecasters say, and forecasters are nothing but script readers at this point, that a trend in the coming weeks may lead many to scratch their heads and wonder what season it is anyway. A developing weather pattern, the AccuWeather Report states, will favor well above average temperatures and most likely a lack of snow for much of the eastern two-thirds of the nation that could last until the official start of winter, December 21, and beyond. Temperature departures above normal are likely to reach 20 degrees Fahrenheit or more and even challenge record highs on multiple days. Temperatures so far this autumn have been like a seesaw, i.e. weather whiplash again, in the central and eastern states. This is the hallmark of climate engineering operations and chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. And again, overall, the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48 has been the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world for nine years running. That's not nature. It's climate engineering. In regard to the ongoing freeze-fry extremes, search and view this geoengineeringwatch.org report titled, Geoengineering Creating Freeze-Fry Extremes. View it. Share it. Help us to expose the insanity in our skies. Next headline, from Axios.com, Stuck Jetstream brings blowtorch December in Lower 48 and frigid Alaska. Much to this scenario. Bear with me. The report states the Lower 48 have seen record-shattering warmth so far this December, with temperatures running as high as 35 degrees above average for this time of year. The warmth has been so pronounced that during the weekend, brush fires broke out in a snowless, unusually mild Denver metro area. The report then states the big picture of the jet stream, which is a river of air that rides at about 30,000 feet along the temperature contrast between air masses, steering storms... As it goes, has been stuck in a position well north of the contiguous U.S., keeping storms and cold weather at bay. They're locking what little cold air they have in the Arctic, desperately attempting to mask the true severity of polar meltdown until the last possible moment, desperate to create headlines like those which I covered in one of the last two broadcasts about the ships being locked in Arctic ice, which they are sea surface nucleating with chemical ice nucleating elements, creating sensationalized headlines to continue the confusion and division in the U.S. population and global populations in regard to the true state and totality of planetary meltdown. The Axios.com report on the, quote, stuck jet stream then states, the prevailing jet stream has also helped direct a series of potent atmospheric river storms into the Pacific Northwest and British Columbia, where flooding devastated communities throughout the BC region now follow me through with these final points from the report and then I will summarize and explain the significance of this report they state but there's a cold side to the jet stream and it's been bottling up the frigid air in Alaska and parts of northern Canada some locations in Alaska were at least 20 degrees Fahrenheit colder than average during November with unusually cold temperatures forecast to continue through much of December that's what's scheduled they then state, to make things even more strange, a, quote, Kona low stalled northwest of Hawaii and has brought a surge of tropical moisture to Hawaii, which is falling in the form of wind-blown snow. I covered that last week. And there is this from the report. This has meant that the longest-duration blizzard warnings in effect for the past three days in the U.S. have been outside the lower 48 in Hawaii and Alaska. That's quite a contrast, isn't it? They then state... During the seven days ending, on December 3rd, there were 2,657 daily record highs set, or tied, in the U.S., compared to just six daily record lows, according to National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Database. And there's this. December 1st, British Columbia saw its highest temperature ever recorded during the month of December. What's next? They say computer models are nearly unanimous in projecting a warmer-than-average December across the lower 48 states, along with continued cold in Alaska, and this. Looking beyond this month, there are hints this pattern may continue if the polar vortex stays strong, which would keep Arctic air bottled up in the far north. Here's what's happening. Plug this into everything I've covered in previous Global Alert News broadcasts in recent weeks, that they are funneling a fire hose of moisture into British Columbia, over the top of a high pressure dome in the western US, which cuts off our moisture. And this moisture then rotates around the clockwise spinning dome of high pressure, a dome of high pressure that is directly connected to ionosphere heater installations like HARP that beam millions of watts of radio frequency microwave power into the ionosphere, causing an electrical chain reaction, heating the atmosphere. This is not scientifically disputed. If you do not know what an ionosphere heater is, please research it. This is not fiction, it is fact. They then funnel this moisture as they're chemically nucleating it over the top of this high-pressure zone. They're pinning the cold there up in the north, in Alaska, trying to maintain what cooler they have, trying to mask the total meltdown of the Arctic, totally disrupting the planet's attempt to cool itself in the process. Again, this is a true cutting off one's nose despite one's face scenario. But this is what climate engineers do. They're not vested in any legitimate mitigation in the planetary implosion that's occurring. They're invested in business as usual and keeping it so until the last possible second. The so-called polar vortex is a completely engineered winter weather scenario. Please search the Engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. The ecosystems in the polar regions are imploding. The power structure knows it. And they follow the same trajectory of so-called treatment as big pharma. Hide the symptom even if it means eventually killing the host. In this case, planet Earth. On that note, regarding the symptoms in the far north, from Hakai Magazine, dot com they cover coastal sciences by the way this headline in a first alaska's arctic waters appear poised for dangerous algal blooms those are algae blooms from that report climate change they say is bringing potentially deadly algae blooms to the far north posing a new risk to food security there's no food security on a dying planet And the oceans, including in the polar regions, are converting to exactly what I've said they were converting to for the last 10 years at geoengineeringwatch.org. Canfield Ocean, a lifeless, superheated, stratified, oxygenless dead zone. It's happening. It's moving north rapidly. These algae blooms will radically decimate ecosystems in the far north. And climate engineering, again, in the attempt to mask the symptom... By utilizing utterly insane and ultimately highly destructive tactics such as, again, sea surface chemical ice nucleation operations, such as facilitating unprecedented northern latitude forest incinerations to pump the atmosphere full of sun blocking particulate matter, providing temporary cooling for the Arctic as it did this year. But at the cost of all but guaranteeing that none of us will have a future on this planet, including our children, my conclusions are completely science-based. Don't believe me? Good. I'm not asking you to, but what I'm asking for is an honest review of verifiable data. Search and view wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. Possibly not on Google because they're trying desperately to mask our data. View this critically important report. Please help us share this data with others while it can still make a difference. Back to the Arctic from AccuWeather.com and other sources. Zombie fires burn despite temperatures plunging to 78 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. The report states bone chilling conditions are being reported across parts of Siberia, which has been experiencing some of the coldest air on Earth for all the reasons I just covered. Because they are pinning that cold air north. They are holding the jet stream in a manner that will keep the cold air there in a desperate attempt to mask what's happening in the Arctic. And at the cost of frying regions in other places, completely disrupting the planet's attempt to find a new equilibrium. They are totally derailing the planet's life support systems. About the zombie fires, again, in the Siberia region... Despite a blast of cold air that's the most extreme in nearly eight years, zombie fires continue to burn beneath the frozen landscape. And it's not just the tundra fires. Massive methane blowouts are occurring on the Yamal Peninsula of Siberia and on the seafloor of the Arctic Ocean. The formerly frozen methane deposits are thawing and releasing. This is a catastrophic climate feedback loop that official sources and the whole of the so-called climate science community is trying to hide. From public view, the bought and paid for power structures, so-called experts that deny all that I've just outlined, are either clueless or lying. Take your pick. Moving on from the Bulletin.org, that's the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. This atmospheric river brings floods, landslides, and maybe a reckoning, they say. The report states that cascading natural disasters in British Columbia have destroyed key pieces of infrastructure that experts say should trigger a nationwide risk assessment to prepare for Canada's rapidly changing climate. Again, climate intervention operations core to what's happening in the Pacific Northwest. They are fire hosing moisture into that region around the dome of high pressure that's been parked in the western U.S., that pushes this moisture up and over the dome of high pressure. They're chemically nucleating it the entire way in their attempt to temporarily and toxically cool regions further inland, creating the freeze-fry scenarios that we're seeing escalating all over the world. Again, please search the report with that title. Geoengineering is creating freeze-fry extremes. How can anyone at this point not notice that everything is different? in regard to environments, in regard to the climate, when will the magnitude of that be faced? No habitat, no humans. On that note, in regard to the general trashing of the planet, this headline... Japan's upcoming nuclear waste dump. In April of 2021, the Japanese government announced its decision to discharge nuclear waste from the Fukushima Daiichi power plant into the Pacific Ocean via a sub-seabed pipeline. At least 1.2 million tons of tritium-laced toxic water will be discharged. How wonderful. Let's just dump it all in the ocean. As if the oceans aren't dead enough already. And if you think it's just Japan engaging this kind of behavior, think again. Another example headline from last week, same theme radioactive water from the Pilgrim nuclear plant to be dumped into Cape Cod Bay. And about the Chernobyl power plant disaster, the sarcophagus that contains the meltdown is disintegrating. It's not over, not by a long shot. And we have 440 more nuke plants to go. Welcome to the asylum. And let's not forget that major powers aren't just using our rapidly dying oceans for a nuclear waste dump. Any and every used-up and unwanted, highly toxic, human-produced waste is routinely dumped into the oceans. Anyone remember the recently discovered half a million barrels of DDT that is sitting on the seafloor just off the coast of L.A.? Half a million barrels? The researchers that uncovered and disclosed this crime described the scene, the scattering of DDT barrels on the bottom of the sea as being so vast that they compared it to the amount of stars in an immense galaxy. Half a million barrels. But don't worry. The criminal cabal masquerading as our government has it all in hand, right? This headline from CNBC, Wall Street economists are confident that the Build Back Better legislation will become law and boost infrastructure firms. And the report states that could spell a banner year ahead for stocks. If you think industrialized militarized societies will turn the proverbial corner in 2022, you're likely correct. The problem is that the corner in question is the edge of the abyss from which there will be no return. Societal delusion rules the day until we collectively hit the wall, which is now dead ahead. Brace for impact. The endless money printing from thin air fiesta is in its death throes. Nature And all that it once provided is the only true wealth. That era, that epoch in the history of the human race is over. Right up until the instant of impact, many will continue to claim such conclusions are only, quote, alarmist. For such individuals, eyes wide shut behavior has been the extent of their courage, or rather the total lack of it. More breaking bad news reports in a moment, but first, my deepest gratitude to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source, and by doing so, helping to turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for making your voices heard in this most critical effort to sound the alarm. It's our collective actions that can make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 331, December 11th, 2021. This is the bad news broadcast, but it's critically important information that covers the issues we must collectively face if we're to have any chance of changing course. This non-political, commercial-free, frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. Recordings of the weekly global alert news broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest geoengineeringwatch.org awareness-raising materials can be ordered from our homepage for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. Our color-glossy flyers and booklets are packed with shocking satellite images, documents, patents, photos of the retrofit spray nozzles mounted on climate engineering aircraft, and much, much more. Again, our only goal is to sound the alarm as effectively and efficiently as possible. The recently completed geoengineeringwatch.org documentary on climate engineering titled The Dimming, Conclusively proves climate engineering operations are ongoing. This groundbreaking documentary is now posted on the top center of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. Please help us to overcome social media censorship and to expose the insanity in our skies by sharing the link to this groundbreaking documentary that fully exposes the ongoing climate engineering onslaught. Sharing the link for the documentary directly from the geoengineeringwatch.org Homepage through email helps us to overcome the attempt of the controllers to censor the dimming documentary and the geoengineeringwatch.org data. Moving on to more bad news headlines. Much to cover, not enough time to do it. The climate science community is now telling us this. As climate change worsens, we are now living in a global fire age dubbed the Pyrocene, i.e., the age of fire. And of course, The climate engineering factor, which is the single greatest factor in regard to the epic global incinerations, is not mentioned. How much total acreage burnt in the Northern Hemisphere this year? About 50 million acres. How many fully comprehend just how grave a statistic that is? Let's move now to the Southern Hemisphere. From Fizz.org, this. We are professional fire watchers and we're astounded by the scale of fires in remote Australia. Right now. From that report, while southern Australia experienced a wet winter and a soggy spring, northern Australia has seen the opposite. Extreme fire weather in October and November led to bushfires across 120,000 square kilometers of southern savannah regions. The lead author of this article. Rohan Fisher maps and monitors fires across the tropical savannas and rangelands that compromise 70% of the Australian continent. The scale of burning we're now seeing astounds us, he states, almost as much as the lack of interest these fires generate. In contrast, central Australia has experienced rare flooding rains, including at Alice Springs, which recorded the wettest November on record. Again, the hallmark of Geoengineering, i.e., climate intervention operations, drought, deluge scenarios, and extreme temperature and weather whiplash scenarios. Keep that in mind. And about the trees, as I've stated over and over on this broadcast, in fact, for the entire length of the existence of GeoengineeringWatch.org, the trees are not growing back. Keep that in mind. The damage done to this planet will never be rectified in any time frame that matters. Now what remains to be known is will anyone survive this trip to the bottom of the canyon? In regard to the trees, from counterpunch.org, this. Trees are not regrowing in burned out forests. Where have I heard that before? For so many years, now they're finally having to admit it. This strange occurrence is becoming more frequent as global warming turns Verdant flora into flammable tinder causing more and bigger wild forest fires as a consequence between the twin impacts of burned out forests failing to regrow and woody biomass chopping down mature trees that are strong carbon sinks replaced by frail seedlings. One has to wonder about nature's quote carbon sink capacity. Is it shrinking just when it's needed like never before it's non-existent. Even the Amazon forest is now a carbon source and not a carbon sink. And we have so-called climate science community still dancing around these issues. They state at the University of Colorado Boulder, a study has shown that when forests burn across significant portions of the Rocky Mountains, the forests don't regrow. Even after 15 years, post-fire, 80% of the surveyed plots contained no new trees and it's even worse in other regions northern california for example the scorched black and burned forests, with the exceptions of the re-sprouting of certain types of deciduous trees they're done these forests are done the entire region has been totally transformed and this region has been warned since before it happened since 2008 we have warned in this region geoengineeringwatch.org has spent over six figures putting Hundreds of thousands of flyers, color glossy flyers in papers as inserts, putting full page ads in North State newspapers. And how many are still completely oblivious to what's unfolding? And I know there's many other challenges we face at this point, and those challenges stem from the same source. But those challenges are directly related to, directly connected to, inseparable from the implosion of, of Earth's life support systems that's being further fueled by the climate engineering insanity. This report in the trees also states this. Recent studies show drought and heat waves will cause massive die-offs, killing most trees alive today. I've said this over and over at GeoengineWatch.org. When 20 years ago in the North State, I could plant by myself 200 seedlings in a day with a 95% success rate, meaning 95% of those trees made it. ...through their first year, which means they had a high chance of success. Now the success rate, the survival rate for the first year is zero. Zero. Nothing. Continuing from the report, giant sequoias, the granddaddy of the world's trees... ...are dying from the top down. The report says this has never been documented before. This is a glaring sign of the UV radiation that I've tried so hard, so desperately to bring to light... That we are now getting UVC on the surface. The ozone layer is disintegrating, which in and of itself is an extinction-level event in the near term on planet Earth. Nate McDowell, an Earth scientist at the U.S. Energy Department's Pacific Northwest National Laboratory and the lead author of a major worldwide study of tree loss, says, quote, We're seeing it almost everywhere we look, i.e. tree death, according to Henrik Hartmann of Germany's Max Planck Institute for Biogeochemistry in Central Europe states, you don't have to look for far for dead trees, they're everywhere, he states. Recent Siberian fires have been biblical in scale, I mentioned that earlier, and in intensity. As of June 2020, an article in SciTech Daily headlined, meteorologists shocked as heat and fire scorches Siberia. One half of the massive fires are peatlands. Spoke about that earlier in this broadcast, which once started can burn almost forever if the heat is intense enough, which was emitting both CO2 and CH4. That's methane. Spoke about that earlier as well. The curse of CO2 blanketing the atmosphere and methane and nitrous oxide and trapping heat. As the planet gets ever hotter, it causes the atmosphere to suck excessive levels of moisture, which causes trees to shed leaves and or close pores. Their stomata. Spoken about that in many broadcasts. To hold in as much moisture as possible. Thus, in doing so, they do not feed. They do not absorb CO2, they do not release oxygen. Game over. No trees, no people. Simple equation. Adding to that, this. New report shows push for electric cars is actually killing rainforests. What a surprise. How many times have I said that? The panacea of so-called renewable energy. Is nothing but a facade. A new report shows that the need for more raw nickel ore driven by the explosive market for lithium batteries is causing the eradication of pristine rainforests in the Philippines. This is not a gradual loss of acreage. Massive swaths of the forest are being shredded as nickel mines are expanding at a rate far greater than the rise in global temperatures even. I'm out of time for this broadcast but here's the bottom line. We're in the twilight hours of the Anthropocene Epoch, i.e. the Age of Man. Is there any point in trying to make a difference at this late hour? A hundred times a day for more years than I can now remember, I've wrestled with this conundrum. And a hundred times a day, I know I must press on in this battle. How the drama concludes isn't up to me. How I play my part in it is. Each of us must choose. It cannot be otherwise. Our individual will is all that we can truly call our own. All else can be taken. Many in modern societies are taught and trained to apply themselves only to objectives that they are assured will have a happy ending. But this form of philosophy is woefully deficient. Must we not ask the question, what is a happy ending? Biblical scholars perhaps cite this scripture. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Countless other spiritual traditions come to the same point. Conclusion, if one were to hear such words by their maker at the end of their life's journey, is that not a happy ending? Isn't that a life well-lived? Doing what is right because it is right should be, must be, the foundational factor that fuels us forward. We must constantly ask ourselves why we are here. If not to apply ourselves wholly and completely to standing against the gathering darkness, then why? Yes, each of us has individual circumstances, challenges, and abilities. Each plays a different part in the drama, in the unfolding fight for all that matters. But all are called to participate in it, i.e., in this drama that we call life. When I now trek through the dying and deathly silent forest that surrounds my off-grid home, my heart bleeds because I remember the paradise it was. In years now past, and yet when I witness the remaining stragglers of wildlife that are soldiering on, trying as best as they can to play their part, I feel a righteous rage rising up inside me, a wave of anger and angst at what has been done to the countless innocent life forms that once made up the incomprehensibly miraculous web of life, life forms that have no voice except for us. I feel the same rage at the future that has been stolen from my children, from all children. Are we to just sit down and warm a pew with our backsides and give up? No, never. We must fight on. So long as we're standing and able, we must press on. From the beginning of our existence, geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record that as biosphere implosion and societal collapse became impossible for the power structure to hide, they, the controllers, would become more desperate and dangerous than ever before. That time is unfolding now, by the day. If we're to have any chance of salvaging any future for anyone, if anyone is to have any possibility of making it through what's coming, we must take a stand now, each of us, all of us. Tomorrow is too late. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.com org to learn specific details on how you can help in this all-important battle to expose the insanity and all those perpetrating it. Please make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.